So this week, why don't we go somewhere where we didn't go to for a long time, and then we go twice in a couple of weeks. Let's go to Africa. So hello everybody and welcome to this week's In My Mug. As I said in my opening, we are going to be going to Africa this uh, this week, but somewhere we haven't been for quite a while, to Tanzania. Um, Tanzania is a bit of a blind spot for me. It's somewhere I've visited, but I've never visited coffee producers there. Um, just never really has worked out that I've been able to go. Um, there were some plans for this year to do, but obviously all travel has been stopped this year. Um, a little side note, I know last week I said I was going to be back in the UK. Um, I actually have been back to the UK for 48 hours and had to come back to Sweden for a, a family emergency. Um, everything's okay now, everything's calm, but it wasn't calm for a little while. Um, so I'm back here, uh, but I am hoping in uh, a, a little bit of time that I'm going to be back and, and back in normal territory. Um, anyway, as I said, I don't know an awful lot about Tanzania. Luckily for me, Virtual Steve, he's just like, he's so knowledgeable about it all. Let's hand over to him. Thanks, Steve. I do know a little bit about Tanzania, but I know an awful lot about the Burka Coffee Estate. That's located on the outskirts of the Arusha National Park, on the leeward side of Mount Meru, and was founded in 1899 by German settlers um, just outside the town of Arusha in northern Tanzania. It's 80 kilometers west of Mount Kilimanjaro, Africa's highest peak, situated very close to the Kenyan border. And this northwest region of Tanzania is famous for the coffee it produces. The neighboring Selian estate was established in 1910 and was acquired by Berka in 1991. The first coffee trees are planted in 1918 and they now have 1.3 million coffee trees, all shade grown. 314 acres of the land is reserved for forests and 250 acres is reserved as natural grasslands. There's around about 200 permanent staff at Burka and 200 casual daily staff, which rises to up to 5,000 during the height of the harvest. All permanent staff are provided with housing on the estate and their salary is set at least 20% above the minimum guidelines supplied by the government. The staff have social security and labour union membership included in their contracts and the estate has a credit union that offers loans. Um, they also offer advice for education, health and house construction. Each estate has its own nursery of which educates over 100 children and two primary schools that cater for over 600 children of the estate workers, families and people from the neighbouring community. An on-site healthcare centre with an estate nurse and a pharmacy is available for all staff and the estate even has its own ambulance. It has shops, sports facilities, churches and mosques. Regularly they have inter-estate inter and inter-camp football and netball matches that normally occur with staff barbecues around holiday celebrations. Workers are, have, are supplied with free firewood from stumped coffee trees and fruits and nuts that are grown in the estate are available to all of the staff to, uh, to take. The staff at Burka have a combined wealth of agronomic experience. Over the course of many decades, the estates have built a reputation for constant production. Harvesting is carried out between May and October and is done selectively with hand picking, um, where they sort through all of the cherries afterwards as well. They're then dried on raised African beds for around about 12 to 14 days. The cherries are carefully turned during that time, making sure to avoid over fermentation. So let's go through 
the uh, the details. So the country is Tanzania. The region is Arusha. The district is Armuria. The estate is Burka. It is 345 hectares. The varietals on the farm are Kent, N39, Blue Mountain and Catimore. It is a naturally processed coffee, dried between 12 and 14 days at an altitude of 1,350 metres. So let's go back to Steve and let's see where he's drinking the coffee this week. Okay, thanks Virtual Steve. You are a lifesaver as always. You managed to carry the weight. Um, no fancy location today, as I say, I've been dealing with a little bit of a family emergency, so uh, yeah, and it's also raining. So we're doing the tasting in the rain, that's something different, isn't it? We haven't done that for a while. So let's get into the coffee. Now, you don't see that much Tanzania coffee in the specialty market. There is some, but you don't see so much, but this is one that we've been working with for a long time. I'm really proud that we continue to work with them. Um, it's great to offer an origin that isn't so common uh, in specialty. You do see a lot in commercial, like you can quite often see in the supermarket Tanzanian. And I think that that's a lot of the, the downside of it. But people, you know, you have to taste. Let the cupping table do the decision making. That's what we've always done. Um, a lot of Tanzanian coffees can be a little dirty and that's because of their commercial nature. But this is treated as a specialty coffee, so we don't have that problem. Um, in the cup you get um, a lot of booziness, like a really fine brandy kind of cognac-y flavour to it, um, with uh, some like burnt caramel, um, I kind of want you to think like, you know, bumped by a toffee kind of caramel sweetness, um, a little bit of the dark chocolate finish on it as well, it's a really grown up cup, it's not stupid boozy, it's not in your face, it's there, but it's very elegant with it at the same time and it does have a lot of natural sweetness which I really really like. Thank you for joining me as always, uh, excuse the shortness of this week's video, I'm sure you can understand um, things are getting better so please don't worry or anything like that but it was a little bit scary for a little while. Um, Thanks for joining us today, and do remember, life is too short for bad coffee.